So you've been to President's Club and you're a pilot. So have you been to Mile High Club? <laughs> oh, man. That sounds like a yes. <laughs> I'll be honest, I still don't fully believe you, but hey, we'll take your word for it. That's some royalty free shit, people. That's what we do. Back, I'm Puyan from Scratchpad. We've got Ross with us today without the headband, so I don't know what's going on. Uh, I always say we're excited for our guests, but we we really are. Um, so this AJ's, time we're not lying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all in all seriousness, AJ, we're, we're excited to have you, and you've got you've got an incredible story as well. Starting a company, investing, starting at another company. So thanks for joining us. Yeah, I always like say I'm excited to to be here. I mean, I say that for everyone, but this time I'm really excited. We're really excited to. You have were probably right before this, like, "Fuck, I have this stupid podcast." I told them <laughs> yes, like two weeks ago. So here I am. I have to do it. I'm excited to be here. I think the the intro on me uh, with my whole career in sales, well, all 15 years. It's a lot of years. Uh, 15 years. I started with Meltwater, individual contributor. A lot of our, like really great people that. That I mean, you, I'm sure you guys all know and have talked to, and we we're talking about Sahil. Uh, Katie Ivy was was also there. Why don't you tell us how, how did you end up there in the first place? At Meltwater, or I, just why sales? Yeah, yeah what how, series how of unfortunate sales? mistakes did you? This, this, have? This is like the story, right? Where yeah. I get an internship anywhere else, and I'm like, "Fuck, I need a job after college at Penn State." Uh, but actually it was a little bit more fortuitous. And then that I, I knew I wanted to start a company and start my own company at some point. And my uncle who was super successful in real estate sales, uh, I was asking him what type of company I like, how do I start a company? What type of career job do I get into? And he said sales. I was like, get the fuck out of here. I'm going to get into sales. Like that sounds Yeah, please. Awful. I have self-respect uncle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not a piece of shit. My friends have self-respect and I want to be like on their level and have self-respect. I don't want to be like working in a dealership, but he's like, no, 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 no. Listen, you're going to get this like grade A MBA on the job training. You're like going to get all of the, the things that you need to get to and work outside your comfort zone. It's going to be great. And if you want to go start a company after that, I think you'll have the skill set to do it. So I applied to one job, I did one interview, and I got that one job in that one interview, and that was at Meltwater. And then like 2012, I was five years in, I'd kind of done all the things. My wife was pregnant, we were going to move back to Philly. I knew I wanted to start a company at that point. Um, and I just had a, I had a boss that I just didn't get along with at all. And he, uh, he wrote me an email once, and it's, I have the email still today, it was like, hey... If you ever started a company, it would be losing thousands of dollars a month. And I was like, oh. should we put them on blast right now? Should we name no. drop Doxum and send the dogs? I say that, but he also did the, that was fantastic for me, but um, so it's water on the bridge. But the second thing he did is he took all of the, the leaders of his, of the, his like area. He was the area director of the West to see Tony Robbins and see Unleashed the Power Within. And so the second thing that happened is I got all like juiced up on like, yeah, change your tone. All of the Tony stuff. And uh, that made me like just kickstart into, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a company. And not only am I going to start a company, I'm going to start a company that competes against my previous company. 
Because that's a Ooh, thing Love that. Not bitter. Just going to compete with you. <laughs> <laughs> this won't be a problem for me at all down the road. Yeah, you guys have hundreds of millions of dollars of resources. And I'm, and like, yeah, I'm sure this will work out really well. Was that Trendkite? Yeah, that was Trendkite. You went into management in at Meltwater. What's the thought process in going from that to starting your own company? When I started the company, I didn't know. Like my co-founder and I didn't know what we were going to do. We are like, Social's really hot right now. Why don't we do something in social? Let's let yeah. That Instagram's a really big thing. Maybe we should do something there. And we landed on um, Trendkite as like the, the PR attribution. That's what we were of like, okay, Meltwater does this thing. Let's build that mousetrap and then let's build a better mousetrap on top of it. That like is a dashboard, a BI dashboard for media monitoring. They like they're not doing it well. We can do it better, better UI. We know the market. We know we have product market fit. We know we can just like go in and crush it. What did you take from the, your experience in sales and apply as the founder CEO of a company? Well, I think it's the empathy piece of it. Like I, what I loved about Trendkite is like I had this, the the science of sales at the board level of the productivity metrics and knowing the quota capacities and rep productivity models, and then like the day to day mental trash that a sales rep goes through. I, I mean, I do all my one on ones walking, and like I did. 80 one-on-ones every quarter in a two-week span. And I fucking loved it. And it was just a lot of like making sure that the reps were thinking like from a career standpoint that they were thinking about. So I had the empathy piece of that. Uh, The other side of it is just like at the end of the day for a CEO, you're just, you're telling a story, right? Like that story, I mean, you learn all of this craft of storytelling in sales and whether you're closing a f- fundraising round and pull you on, you know this, like that fundraising process is just a sell. And that itself, I learned a lot from, from my sales days. And I think 60 to 70% of CEOs are, or have, were sales leaders previously. There's a good reason for that. Would you say QuotaPath is a sales-driven organization or a product-driven organization? Or do we have a happy balance? Uh, <laughs> oh, you forgot the third one, Ross. We are a customer-centric organization. Oh, uh, Yeah. We're we're customer centric empathy. We um we're product led growth, man. Product led growth. We're PLG. We're all about that PLG. We we are actually very product led as a as an organization, and I think this is like this is true for Scratchpad and Quotapath. And there are very few companies that do this. They think about the end user, the sales rep. So you've seen some shit go down in sales. You've seen it go down on the sales floor. You've seen it go down with other people and what have you. How do you think about that happening at your own company now as a leader and the CEO? Man, I don't have time for this shit that I used to have. Can I tell a story real quick? That's like, yes, fucked up. story. That's literally why we're here. So yes, please. So like the buildup to me leaving the sales team was like getting wilder and wilder. So like, for example, in April for end of quarter, we built a cash NATO and got $10,000 from my own bank account. And I threw it in there. And then like, if you close the deal, you'd get like seven seconds. Everyone was hitting quotas. I would walk in at seven 30 in the morning on closing day. And like, you could not hear yourself think I was like, all right, we're going all out. I'm going to do a shot for every shot of fireball. Fireball was our, our choice. Of not, naturally. I took 17 shots that day. I was good. But we were like, <laughs> were you? <laughs> 17, I'm pretty sure I'd be in the shadow realm. It was, yeah. So um, we rented out this uh, place, Greenlight Social in Austin. It was a, a bar, had the whole company. 
like giving this like massive talk and speech to the company. And there's like a whole commotion in the background. And I, I want to preface this by saying everyone was completely fine. There's no, like, no death. <laughs> no one was harmed. Best way to start a story. This story. Well, we, I mean, we had someone, um, unfortunately mixed too many different things and was, uh, was ODing in the background. It caused a whole change and transformation in how I thought of it. He, he survived. Um, there was 14 people fired. There was lawsuits galore and it was fairly fucked up. That was a big change for me in thinking about how I wanted to set up my next company and the sales led versus um, product led. I just wanted to have more of a culture where there was inclusivity, where everyone felt like there was inclusivity. But it, now it sounds like there's only five grand in the cash NATO. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to so... say the, the fireball is replaced with like <laughs> small cups of green tea. Everybody's drinking kombucha. Now that you you had that experience, and you're, it sounds like you're building one uh, a company or an organization that's less on that party culture. What's what are you noticing as a difference between the two? I think what um, yeah, I think that like <clears throat> we talk about DEI or diversity, people typically think about like the gender and different ethnicity backgrounds. But actually, interestingly, I think about like the different personalities of people, introvert versus extrovert. Uh, certainly your backgrounds and your culture backgrounds make up who you are. I just also know that like not everyone in the organization is going to go want to go hang out at a on 636 in Austin. <laughs> I'll be there this weekend. You've been there. I, you've been I'm there. going this weekend. You're gonna be, yeah. You're gonna be at uh, Bar. What is it, Barbarella's? <laughs> yeah, I will be everywhere. I assume. <laughs> uh, no, not everyone wants to do that, and so you got to find ways to make sure that like everyone uh, can 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 celebrate as a team. And I think in remote culture, that's something that we like. We are now dealing with is like shit. How do we how do we all celebrate without it feeling like hokey? We've already done the virtual. We've done all the virtual things. We've done the, the drink tasting. We've done all of that stuff. Now we can have some level of in-person. What does that look like? And how do we not overwhelm the team when we get back? And one thing that we're actually learning a lot in working with our customers, our users who are salespeople is uh, neurodiversity, <laughs> which, is, which is really, really interesting in talking to so many folks that are in sales that are neurodiverse. And this is something that, that I'm learning a lot about still. But what the hell does that mean? <laughs> it, it, what I, the be, fuck does that mean? It was it was new to me, but it, once you unpack it, it's it's really interesting, and I think it's something that is being talked a lot about. It will be talked about a lot more, which is we all process information differently, right? We prioritize differently, and in in sales, you're kind of made to fit into this mold, which is here's your fucking process. Here's your Salesforce CRM. Go. You got to log activities. You got to do this, this, and this. And people just work very differently. We think great ideas can come from anyone and anywhere. Doesn't matter what your tenure at the company is, what your yeah. role is, what your background is. And, and so I think we keep that at the forefront. And that's actually helped us try to find folks that have very different backgrounds and ways of thinking. And um, some of our team sessions turn more into like creative jam sessions than updates on anything, which I guess I have to get feedback from my team on how they like it, but I think they'd like it because everyone's contributing and smiling. How that translates into an in-person session, I don't know. We've never done a team on-site. 
we're going to have our first one coming up. <laughs> so you know, it's just a like a quick digression there, Leon. You and I had our the last in person meeting that I ever had uh, prior to the. That's pandemic. right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was it. Was like everyone was kind of freaked out. I remember one of the founders was like super freaked out. It was like I haven't left my apartment in a week and. I'm just coming here for this. Um, but yeah, I, that was like the last like collaborative in-person founder meeting that I, 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 I think. And then the world shut down right after, and here we are opening up again. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I do think it's something that for a lot of folks, a lot of companies that are more remote first now, we'll, we'll have to really th- think seriously about is what does getting the team together look like now? It's going to be hard to not put salespeople together. Yeah. And even mini pods. Yep. Like I would much rather sell with other people getting absolutely dominated on the phone <laughs> than me alone getting dominated by myself. <laughs> All right. I have a lot of issues just being on my own as it is selling on my own. Not for me. We, I mean, we opened our office in Austin back up our sales office last month and it's been great. Um, there's been a lot of questions like how many days can I do? But I just, I just know how much knowledge transfer gets taken from sales specifically. It just like, it just, is so helpful to be to do that but there's a lot of people that have, have applied that were in person they're like no i, I want to be remote even though i can see your office like I'm, i don't want to do that i'm like okay well can't, not not I, I wonder if like the micro dosing has gone gone to like major serious dosing on from the investor side because some of this shit just doesn't make sense at least to oh, me i know you know we all know we all know yeah it is, it is what it is. And you either, you're either in the market and you're playing or you're sitting it out. So you got choices. Well, I'll tell you one thing I think it's important to recognize is when the game changes. And I think that's, that's what's actually happening in startup fairyland, if you will. It's the, the game is changing. It's from, from where it was five years ago and definitely from where it was 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, even when we did our seed round, it's scratch pad. It's what I would have considered a series A when, when I first started getting into startups. Yeah. And now there's like a, something called a pre-seed round. Mango which, seed round. The mango yeah, yeah. Seed. Seriously, like the fruits, the fruit seeds. Just fruit seeds. no, but but I think I, I think it's it's important to recognize, I would assume, just in, in sales, like situational awareness of like, hey, when when is the ecosystem, when is the landscape shifted? And I think that's definitely happening in um, and building companies right now. Well, well th- this was great. Um, AJ, thanks for joining us. We, we like to end with two questions. I have a third question though. Let's, well, let's start with Well, let's start with Yeah. Okay. Let's three. start with that one. Okay. So yeah. you've been to president's club and you're a pilot. So have you been to mile high club? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That sounds like a yes. <laughs> Look at that smile. No <laughs> response needed. Don't look away. Oh my! Oh, you have it, folks. Uh, oh man. Well, um, I'm going to please take the fifth on this question. Great. I'll take that as a probably. <laughs> <laughs> one question, two parts. You get one song. Pump up. Big yeah. sports game. Big deal. What is it? Yeah, White Panda, barely legal. And then the other side of that is you just had the worst day of your life. You know, a bunch of deals fell through. Nobody's getting into the cash NATO. What are you putting on? So I'm a little bit more like Zen and chill. So Black Mill is probably what I'm doing. You're like, these aren't even songs. What the fuck are you no, doing? Were you listening to this after 17, the day after 17 shots of Fireball? Yeah. Black Mill is like a very like, I need to like recenter 
and get my chi back. And that's what I kind of like play in the mornings. And if I'm like ever feeling down, Black Mill Radio. AJ, thanks so much for joining us. This is great. Thanks, AJ. Yeah.